my god giving... sure, sure. i just realized we weren't live all right sorry people we oh, were no. live, but we were taping we were taping and we were having a great conversation so i'll update <laughs> I'll upload this as an episode of the struggle session sorry about that folks thank y'all for hanging in there we got 11 live people oh my god i'm so sorry the i i had forgotten i unhooked both ends of the cable so sorry folks so sorry for that though. Thank y'all for, uh, thank you, Hansi, for letting me know. Thank y'all for hanging in there. Wow. Y'all are a great audience just to sit there in silence waiting for us to start for, uh, all this time. But we were having a great conversation, but we'll let, we'll let y'all hear it, uh, later. We'll let, it'll be on the struggle session feed. Don't worry about that. But y'all, hey, y'all have been patient. So let's take some calls. We were just talking about AEW, but Hansi, Come on in, unmute yourself. <laughs> That's so funny. So sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> but Hansi, you can go ahead and un- unmute yourself now. Oh, what's going um, Before I ask that question, uh, can you give me a, hey, some idea? Can you, can you give me some check. idea? I am not hearing you, Hansi, for some reason. Not hearing you. Wait. Oh, go ahead now. Check, check, check. Go ahead, Hansi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. All right, cool, cool, cool. Sorry, I don't know. My whole setup got discombobulated somehow. It's, uh, but... it's, all, it's all good, man. What's it called? Uh, can, can I have some idea of what direction you guys are going? Because I don't want to, like, take you off your direction because you guys are oh. already having a good conversation. Oh, no, we were just uh, basically talking about AEW and how, you know, and basically the change of these past couple of years where AEW has come to prominence while WWE it's kind of fall into disrepair and just the difference between AEW and WWE where AEW is giving people what they want, the stars they want. And WWE, with rare exception, isn't really do, doing that. We talked about Bianca Belair a bit and how she is like one of the few you know, new stars, legitimate stars that WWE has made. But Sean was explaining to me, because I don't really watch WWE, that it was kind of done in spite of her booking as opposed to because of her booking that she became a star. Oh, okay, no, that's, that's fine. And those are all, like, very valid points. And I was going to go in that direction as well, in the sense that of the AEW giving you what you want. I got to say that uh, this pay-per-view will probably be better than both nights at WrestleMania. It probably made more stars. It probably make more stars than they will at WrestleMania, in my personal opinion, which is, like, an influence for WrestleMania. You have Knoxville, Logan Paul, and all this kind of stuff. Like, the, the superstars on that show, they're, they're so downside that the whole storyline is that none of them are good enough to get on the Mania card. While, like, AEW, they're, like, making so many stars. And and I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. I know you can get other callers. Um, with the Hangman thing, I think it's, like, a done deal to me that MJF will probably be the one to dethrone him um, at Double or Nothing. So, because Hangman's character has anxiety and all that, and, he, and they do have the internet talk being canon, to the storylines. It would be awesome if Hangman is so insecure right now that, like, he's on the talk of the town that he wants to be a fighting champion, so he knocks off a bunch of number one contenders that are just like, you know, like Dante and Martin and all of them over the next couple of weeks towards the pay-per-view, and then you get to the pay-per-view, so you have all these epic defenses. Because even though we know Hangman's going to beat Dante and Martin, I guarantee you it's going to be, like, another epic defense and all that. And I'll leave you guys with that. Uh, Leslie, you're, uh, you're a cool dude. Uh, shout out to Sean. And I'll, I'll listen to the, in the audience. Peace out. All right. Thank well, thank you so much, Hansi. And just for our uh, listeners on the calling app, once the archive is up, I am Leslie the Third. This is Culture. We are joined by writer and critic Sean T. Collins. 
If you want to get the previous stuff, we'll have it on the Struggle Session feed. But for now, we're talking AEW. If you want to get your calls in, feel free to do so. But as I said at the top, Sean also talks TV. He was recommending to me, uh, what, what, what was it? Uh, Wolf Show. Raise My Wolves. Raise My Wolves. I always forget the name. That's my, that's my problem with the show. I never can remember. I know it's something Wolf, but I can never <laughs> remember which one. And it's a good name, too. Like, it fits thematically. It's just, for some reason, very hard to remember for some reason. And it hasn't been getting a lot of promotion, uh, I think. Like, uh, like, like, I feel like it should be on, like, HBO, HBO. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from a lot of people who respond to, like, when I would tweet that a new review is up. People were like, is this on? I had no idea. No one's promoting it. And it's very, very difficult for any show that's not on Netflix to get any traction whatsoever. Like, Euphoria, say what you will about it. Um, it's amazing that it's as prominent online as it is because... It's not from Netflix, and Netflix is what moves the needle. I hear that all the time, you know. All right. So speaking of needle movers, Sean, I got to ask you, what you think about yes. my homegirl, Jade Cargill? Jade rules, man. Just the, the idea that there's been some debate about the worthiness of Jade Cargill to be a champion or to be on the television. I mean, this woman is a star. Like, she's... You know, I don't, I don't know. I heard an interview with her on um, the pod, podcast Grapsity a few weeks ago, and she's like super funny and uh, and nice and just like very sharp and with it. And uh, like, because I don't know, I, when I see like someone who is like a big, tall superhero looking person, I like I just expect that they're like the strong but silent type. She's not at all. She's no. got like such a winning personality, and you add that to like. Her incredible look, how good she's gotten, how fast and how fast she's done it, you know, with no background experience um, in wrestling, she's not on the indies or anything. She's like completely homegrown talent, I guess. Um, she's just super cool. Like, she's just a cool looking person with cool moves who wins in a cool way every time. She wears cool gear. Like, oh, gear is I think she's terrific. Like the Jay, the Jay costume is so wild yeah. to me because the knock on those costumes, and I think most people thought this was legitimate. It's like, oh, you would never fighting that. And Jay literally wore <laughs> like the skip, the like the M. It was the MK, I think the reboot, the MK nine uh, costume, which were super skippy and, and ridiculous. And she wore it and wrestled in it. Is the costume designer? She literally says like she doesn't allow other wrestlers to use her costume designer because whatever that person is doing is absolutely amazing. They the Marvel and DC need to hire that person uh, for yeah. the movies. It's just Jade is absolutely amazing. I love seeing her every show, and she just feels like it feels like she gets better and better in the ring every time, which is like saying a lot because it's a lot of pressure on her, and it. Lance Storm has a saying where it takes two years to become a bad wrestler, right? And she's only been doing this for a few months. On she's doing it on TV. I don't think there's anything really comparable except maybe Goldberg, but she's way better than Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, and she makes that belt too. I mean, it's obviously it's a brand new title, and and there is no history to it, so there's that. But I think that just that just doubles the pressure on her to make this okay is this a title we're going to care about moving forward? Like, show us why. And it's like, you care about it because it's Jade's belt. Like, it's yeah. Jade's championship. Like, she has elevated that. And, well, elevated, again, it's not the right word because it didn't exist before. She's, like, 
solidified it and made it an anchor of that division, which needed like, you know, the, the needs like to be like a multipolar uh, division. You can't have just everything be about Britt Baker and the, the top championship, the women's championship. Like you need different, you need different feuds. You need different anchor points. You need more stars. And she has been a huge part in that. And I really do think that, and this is a case where it's not the belt makes the woman. It's the woman makes the belt. Yeah. And I actually think I feel right now, Jay, the TBS belt a little bit higher than the AEW women's title. To me, I yeah. those matches seem to mean a bit more because you also have you have the Jade streak. Like, can anybody even like do anything to her? Like, what can she pull out? Like, they, those matches feel a little bit more exciting than Britt's uh, last few matches. Yep, I mean the streak is a great thing too because it's going to make whoever ends it. You know, so like you 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 will instantly mint another major star. You know, I guess it's possible they're going to lose somebody who's a big star. They're going to use somebody who's a big starter to throne her. I guess it's possible. Well, here, but if it were me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. But somebody mentioned this, right? He, uh, somebody was saying this uh, snarkily, like, "Oh, well, a streak has never ended well. It's never made any uh, anybody really. We shouldn't do streaks." And I was thinking about, it, and that's true, kind of, but only because all the companies doing streaks have made like bad decisions, at least in the U.S. Like the Goldberg streak, it ended against Kevin Nash and a and a DQ that didn't help anybody. The CM Punk streak ended against Hardcore Holly. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the Kana uh, Asuka streak ended when she uh, went in a match when she 100% should have won against Charlotte at WrestleMania. So it's like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, technically true that most of these streaks haven't resulted in making anyone else, but that's just like bad booking. I think, uh, as you're saying, yeah, the after absolutely could make someone who if someone beats Jade, they're going to be a star in their own right. Yeah, I, I think so. And until then, she's just a great, uh, you know, not to just go on and on about how great I think Jade Cargill is, but uh, she's such a good face for that division and for that company. She's just, you know, she, she has said like, you know, if you're flipping through the channels and you see me, you're going to stop flipping through the channels. And I do think she has that kind of stopping power. Like she's just, she just looks like a star. She looks like a wrestler. She looks like a superhero. She looks like a star. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you want to get your calls in about AEW, about wrestling, about TV, if you want. Sean's here. He can talk TV. If you want to talk about anything at all, please hit us up on the phone lines, on the call-in app, on Android now. iOS and Android. Amazing. Amazing. Finally. Finally, I never have to use iOS again. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Sean, are you an iOS or are you Android? I'm an iOS person. iOS person. See, Just... you know, I don't hate iOS people anymore. You you remember you remember <laughs> Apple guys, right? Like yeah, yeah. You remember Apple guys? You remember? Mm-hmm. How, and what I like, I tried to figure out what happened to them, and I think I think it was they all became Tesla guys. Is the thing. <laughs> over the years it seems like a lateral move yeah i mean i still use apple stuff out of fear of change because it was yeah, like when i got my when i got my first job it was they had apple stuff at work and i just got used to it and um i've just been stuck there for 20 years <laughs> yeah yeah like 
for people for the younger people there used to be like evangelist rap now people just kind of stick with whatever they start with nobody really cares anymore but it used to be like intense like form wars and shit over ios which i i bet, bet most people can't even imagine uh happening now but folks feel free to dial in on android on iphone they don't have it on the web yet for uh some reason but it is coming soon thank you so much for joining us on culture i am leslie lee the third your host you may also hear me on struggle session you can listen to us at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com get all those bonus episodes sean where can people find you uh i'm on twitter not very frequently but i am there um at the sean t collins uh i have a patreon that's patreon.com slash the sean t collins and that's a good place to like kind of but at the lowest tier, like you get like a little memo every so often where I just say, here's everything that I've written. So if you're not, if you don't feel like logging into Twitter, you don't need to, to follow what I'm doing. You can just go to my Patreon and I have shantycollins.com. I post, I've had that website for years and years. I post clips of everything that I write, uh, goes there too. So, um, yeah. And what have you been writing about lately? Um, lately I've been covering, uh, Raised by Wolves, like I said, for Decider and billions for the New York Times. Um, and what was the, before that, most recently, I did that show, uh, All of Us Are Dead, the Korean zombie, zombies in a school thing. Um, f- also for Decider, which, from what I understand, did pretty well for them. Who knows with Netflix? The numbers for all these places are so opaque. <laughs> like, it just making them up as far as I, as far as I can tell. Yeah, um, so like, I, I even like the trade publications, they basically say, well, these are streaming numbers, so you know they can just make this a hit uh, with the stroke of a pen. But anyway, here are the numbers. Like, no one believes. Right. Oh, in f- did you see James Gunn? Uh, today on Twitter, folks, James Gunn was actually arguing with the fans about whether or not, about how popular uh, his streaming show Peacemaker was and like he was trying to like get into the numbers with them which are the numbers are obviously fake i don't know if they've told him they're fake but they're obviously <laughs> fake like hbo has, <laughs> makes a makes a point of like announcing like these various ratings that euphoria or you know such a peacemaker hit which are obviously fake because we can track it with something like euphoria you can track it with the um, viewership ratings and they claim that like euphoria had in live viewership has basically dropped in half from first season uh, to this one while the internal hbo numbers have like doubled like that just doesn't make sense in, in any way uh whatsoever but i in wrestling there's no lying about ratings quite yet i don't think i'm waiting for the day when vince mcmahon can lie about his ratings it has not happened uh yet they're still bound by the tv laws but he does and i know this to be true leak early ratings of AEW if they look kind of bad to make them look bad even though they ended up and usually end up a bit higher right right yeah I've, i've been following that saga I mean, if they if they could fake the ra- the ratings, they would. They're faking crowd noise now. Um, I I watched. Um, I don't remember what it was now. I think it was. I had heard good things about a match between, I believe, it was Charlotte and Naomi. So I watched that a few weeks ago, which was my first time tuning into weekly WWE programming in quite a while. And just the 
tinny, hollow sound of the, the fake crowd that they were piping in the whole time, like, it was irritating to the ears, like, after after be, getting used to AEW. And, like, and this wasn't even particularly egregious because the match was going over well. But, like, you know, when they really pipe in cheers and boos and stuff, it sounds so bogus. And I just think it's, like, uh, it, it's... What what a gross thing to do, yeah, you know? Like it, when you, it does nothing for the wrestlers at all. No, no. I mean, it, it, it's yeah, it's stupid and self defeating. I think because, but I mean, that's kind of the problem with WWE, right? Is that like there's no it, it it's it's a it's a it's an it's all placed an audience of one. So to the there's no um, nothing will nothing will improve. Because the only person whose opinion matters doesn't think anything needs to be improved. So even if they weren't piping in crowd noise and you d- you did hear just crickets the whole time, it wouldn't matter because Vince likes what Vince likes and that's what you're going to get. And I, I tried to talk about this on our last episode of Struggle Session about like what's a good metaphor for the state of wrestling under Vince McMahon. And the best I could come up with is if Disney bought every single movie studio and only and only Disney movies were allowed to play in movie theaters for 20 years straight yeah. and only Disney sensibilities were ever shown on the big screen what would that do to movies what would people think of movies that people would think movies suck uh, probably mm-hmm. at the end of t- 20 years even if they started off liking those Marvel movies very much and that's basically what happened um, to professional wrestling I'm just trying to think like have you it and Sean? You have a you know broad swath of of understanding of of culture and the politics behind it. Like, is there anything kind of comparable to Vince McMahon's dominance of an entire like art form, almost at least the uh, the North American part of it? I really don't think so. I really don't think so. I, I even I, I think maybe the closest comparison is the dominance that superhero comics had in North American comics for many decades. Um, But even there, you had two companies, not one. You kind of have to be a bit of an initiate into superhero comics to really fully appreciate the differences between the two companies. You know, like when I, like my partner, Julia did not grow up on superhero comics and like, it's all the same to her really. Um, And she's a professional cartoonist. Um, but even there, like you had the undergrounds for a long time, you had alternative comics become a thing with, let's say, Love and Rockets, and from you know, and from then on, um, and you know, and and it's broken down in a lot of ways. So now there's a lot more different kinds of North American comics than there used to be. Um, but yeah, like even 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 at the height of Marvel and DC's like duopoly there were still alternatives and they were an alternative to one another. And there's just, I mean, WWE just running the show for 20 years. There's nothing else like that, that I can think of. Yeah. Absolutely distorted. And as you were saying uh, before, uh, before that it changed people's expectations of wrestling. Like fans don't are like, don't know to expect good wrestling from a show Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And don't, and like uh, you were talking, using the example of the Brian da- Danielson John Moxley feud, where if this happened in WWE, they probably wouldn't end up teaming up. But hey, tonight's Dynamite, 
we're getting our first tag team match between Danielson and Moxley. No jerking us around. It's happening. They got Regal in their corner, and they're taking on the work horsemen. Man, that was a fantastic moment, too, when Regal came out on that pay-per-view. I definitely lost my shit. I was I was really excited about that. But, yeah, you know, it, it really WWE has really broken people's brains. They just expect the worst. And I also think that, like, in a weird way, the badness of WWE has um, hurt AEW because it's also yes. created, like, it, it's also created, like, for natural reasons, like an audience of hyper, hyper critical um, people, because because a lot of the audience of WWE doesn't like it. They're still watching it or they were still watching it because that was the only wrestling in town. And they're used to sort of like, they don't give it the, you know, some people give everything the benefit of the doubt and they go too far in the other direction. But then there's people who give nothing the benefit of the yes. doubt. And it's like, AW has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt. They've done a pretty good job pretty consistently. And I, I think that, I think that AEW gets more shit than it would have gotten otherwise because of what WWE has done for the past 20 years. Ironically. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, because people are just used to being like having extremely kind of aggressive posture uh, towards mm-hmm. wrestling. And that translates to AEW in a way that's like as soon as AEW makes a little messed up, it's like, oh well, fuck this, you know, fuck this right. happening. You're like, as you know, as if like all the sins of WWE get held against AEW at the same time. Yeah, I agree, and it's that's unfortunate. But I mean, you know, they 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 have a pretty steady hand on the till. It seems like they they do their thing and and are fairly confident that you know if they continue to deliver a good product product in the ring and out of the ring and, and keep making stars out of people, you know, that will snowball and the audience will get used to it and be excited and leave shows happy. They'll turn on their television happy and they'll turn it off happy. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really what wrestling has been for me. Like wrestling has been, you know, I, I, as a hobby, I just, I just love it. It just brings a smile to my face. And like, that's a rare thing these days. And, and I and I really do appreciate that aspect of it, you know, and and with AEW specifically, I have gone to a couple of AEW shows. We went to the Grand Slam at the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium in Queens, and we went to their the Long Island debut where MJF got cheered. Uh, experience, I bet. <laughs> yeah, my my daughter couldn't do it. cheering for a villain. No, not her, not her. So. uh but that was funny. Um, you know, and then just like, these are memories that like, I really kind of cherish because the shows were good. Like, it wasn't just like, ah, well that kind of sucked, but Hey, I got to spend time with my kid. It was like, no, that was a lot of fun. We watched some. It was Again, you know, awesome. Who's your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler right now is probably Daniel Bryan. Um, Brian Danielson, excuse me. See, it was that WWE mindset again. Yeah. Um, I think Danielson is just so, um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's putting on incredible matches with veterans and with, um, you know, relative newcomers alike, which I think is good for everybody. I love his character. I love the viciousness of it. Um, I, and like a lot of my favorite characters, um, 
he's a shades of gray person, but he's kind of being a heel in a different way. Like he's not like a dastardly piece of shit. Like he's just vicious, which is cool. You know, it's like Eddie Kingston is a face in a different way than you're used to. You know, yeah. like he's not like a white meat baby face. Like he's got problems. He's kind of a grouch and a grump and a dick, but you like him because he's like relatable in some way. Um, and you're you're supposed to. Uh, I think some of the stuff that CM Punk and 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 MJF did during this really kind of challenged what faces and heels can do, and I I, I dig that a lot, and that's why I, that's why I'm so into Brian these days. How about you? My favorite right now, probably Jade. I think probably Jade Cargill is probably my favorite wrestler right now to see, even though I am typical her character. And cool to me i think she might be my favorite yeah. but besides that as far as the work rate goes i love serena deep i love how she's uh she's very much become in a similar mold to a danielson to a william regal in the mm-hmm. ring i love her little uh, her five minute challenge is so fun yeah in there and then and then the the five minute challenge is um, that was so it was a great idea because it meant that when Sheeta inevitably returned, you weren't looking for it, you know, like I wasn't, you know, and it's like, oh, of course they're going to bring, and in retrospect, I'm like, of course they're going to bring Sheeta back and they're going to run back that feud because things were unresolved. Uh, who will be like, they're going to, they must be gonna be person who's going to actually like really give her a run for her money or even beat her. I wonder who it'll be. I wonder if it'll be someone who'd be or someone from the Indies or like, or maybe Willow Nightingale like, on the mainstream television shows, like, but it was Sheeta, and that took me by surprise, and and that was because they were smartly positioning Deeb as like the rookie killer, and so you weren't ready for like mob boss Sheeta to come back in with the red suit and the kendo stick and and whip ass, like <laughs> that was fun. Yes, yes. So if you want to call in, talk about wrestling, talk about TV, talk about anything you like. Please feel free to do so. Hit us up on the call-in app. Tonight, AEW Dynamite. Big match for Dante Martin, who has quietly become the number two contender in AEW. Dante Martin, uh, I actually kind of prepped for the who's your favorite wrestler question before I came on here because I thought you might ask. And Dante Martin is up there for me. Mm. Um, the stuff that that dude can do with his body uh, is fucking wild. Like, I, the way he jumps off the ropes and sort of shifts in midair. Oh. Chain, like, I, it's like, how is he doing this? Like, it's impo- It's like against the laws of physics. Like, Dante, like, he, he, he can change the direction he's moving in the middle of a jump. Like, it's... And this is another case of like AEW recognizing that it has and booking him in a way to get him over. Like they could have shelved him if it had been WWE, they would have when his brother got injured. Um, but they kept him going as a singles guy and it's not going to hurt Darius. Now that Darius is back, like it's going to raise his stock too, because they're, they're a team and they're already used to seeing amazing things from Dante. So that when Dante's in tag team, they'll be like, oh, this is going to be a great and they're not going to be wrong. So, 
Yeah, the way they booked him after that injury was just like perfect. It made him such a bigger star than you would, like you said, would ever have happened in WWE. He would have just been like on the shelf or in some or in a makeshift tag team that didn't work. Uh, but his with Leo Rush, like raised even the, though it was short lived, like it raised his status just being with Leo Rush a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Leo is m- maybe the only other. I often think of how fast Leo can run in the ring and then also shift directions. Like the way he'll, you know, when they're about, when they're running the ropes, like he'll, he'll take a, he'll, he'll take a 90 degree turn in the running the opposite pair of the ropes. And like, um, so I thought they were a good fit together and I'm kind of bummed that it didn't, it didn't turn into a longer program and, yeah. and that Leo wound up leaving the company, which is too bad. Um, but like, that was another case like where, where you put them together and they and their strengths um really pop against one another i thought i thought it was a good i thought it was a good pairing yeah also tonight title versus streak sammy guevara versus scorpio sky tnt title match who you pick i am going to pick scorpio sky I I don't know that he'll be the champion for very long, given how crowded that TNT title picture is right now with Wardlow waiting in the wings. Um, but I I do kind of feel like it's I I it would be very WWE to build up this streak for almost and then have him lose, I think, and and then if when it comes time to have his match with Wardlow. You could always have MJF interfere and screw Wardlow out of it, um, and then just continue that feud that way and enable Scorpio's reign to go on if that's what you were inclined to do. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like with that uh, Face of the Revolution ladder match that they had at Revolution, there were several people in there that I thought were like champion. And you know, they've added people like, you know, what are they going to do with Swerve? Are they going to put him in the TNT title ch- chase or the, or are they going to the main AEW championship chase? I don't know. Um, it's, it, the title picture is very crowded right now, so it's a little bit confusing, but I would have to say Scorpio. What do you think? See, I don't know. I don't know how often they're actually comfortable moving the title around. Like and I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like it is Sammy's going to lose it to somebody. Obviously, I just don't know if it's going to be Scorpio Sky because, as you said, you already got Warlow there. If Scorpio Sky is going in, maybe that's a little bit less hot match because uh, he wouldn't have had the title as long. So I don't know. True. Yeah, it's this this one I thought was a is a pretty tough call. I mean, it's good. These are good problems to have. Yeah, you have too many convincing, you know, candidates for these championships that it's hard for you to figure out who's going to get it when and and over whom. Um, that's a good problem to have, and it's not one. You know, we were talking about um, with WWE how they won't have anyone like properly heated up. So it'll just be like, Oh, it's this person's turn to challenge for the title. Now, if, if they've just been on a losing streak for however long and, and now all of a sudden we're supposed to take them seriously. Like that's really not that way in AEW. And it makes it just a much more entertaining broadcast, you know, that depth of field. Um, 
just makes it just more exciting to watch. And it do- doesn't just help like the, you know, the main eventers help the little guys, like someone like private Barry, right? You can heat them up and then cool them down and then heat them up again. So they can be main eventers to jobbers to main eventers, depending, but it all makes sense. And it's a natural progression. And like, I love that people just go on winning streaks in AEW because then like, oh, this guy's been a loser for a while, but he's won seven matches in a row and now he's the number one contender. And it just makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I don't know the stats are obviously, it's a made up sport, you know, there's everything that's predetermined. And so like the, you know, the statistics and the rankings and stuff like that, they bother, they rub some people the wrong way, but I think it's great. Like you've created an in-story reason for these matches to happen. And, and, um, you know, I still kind of follow along with WWE mostly just by listening to like review shows and just the number of times where people are like, why is this happening again? Like, why, why is the champion losing? They did this to Big E. Like he lost like four times or something while he was champ. And it makes his reign look stupid. Like, let him win. Let other people win. And then let winners fight and have a clear winner and a hard like if you like this is what you you know i mean that like to go to the exam like the you know like what am i going to say one thing that's different now about wrestling than 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 how things were when i was a little kid watching which was the last time that i actually watched wrestling during the hogan era is that now you have mma as an example of how fights actually sort of work and I think it's been. I think it's probably taken out of the popularity of wrestling because now there's real fighting to watch, but it's shown you that a you don't need to be a like huge huge muscle guy to kick someone's ass. So these like cruiserweight type wrestlers and the EW sized wrestlers, they they don't strain credulity the way they might have in the past when you just didn't know any better. Um, but also like what makes a good, what makes for a good MMA fight? Like someone's been winning. Some other guy's been winning. You put them together. Somebody wins and somebody loses. Like, and that's basically what AEW does. Like they pit, they pit winners together. So you're more invested in finding out like, you know, I, which of these two winning wrestlers is going to actually win. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, winners and losers, Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Layla Hirsch won her match on the pre-show last night. Has been on a hot streak. Thunder Rosa got screwed out of her title opportunity. Done in a way, obviously, to protect uh, Thunder Rosa. But I, I don't know what... know why she gets to be in the Eliminator when she just had the title match. But, I, I, but it's still going to be an awesome match. I'm excited for the match. What do you think about this match? What do you think is going to happen? I think Rosa wins. I, you know, once I saw in advance of Revolution, someone pointed out, oh, hey, the one-year anniversary of the Lights Out match, the really bloody Lights Out match between Britt and coming up in a couple of weeks, and it, the anniversary show is in San Antonio, San Antonio, which is Rosa's hometown. Like, I figured, oh, they're going to have her there probably in a cage. And I think that's why they did so many, so many interference spots in the title match uh, during Revolution, what, which it did feel overbooked, and it was kind of a bummer compared to so much of the stuff that surrounded it in the show. 
Um, so I think Rosa will win tonight. I think it'll be a, like a really good cast match. I think they'll lay their shit, lay their shit in tight because that's how they both operate. Um, I think it should be fun for you. Um, I, I just think even in the feud with Statlander, like, kid. Yeah, that line is so weird, but stupid because it's like, but it it felt realistic to me because even nice, good people can say some fucked up shit with it. So Layla has a like legitimate beef against Chris Allender, who we might love. Yeah, and I I think it it gave um that was an interesting wrinkle to. Moxley and, and all narrative of like Eddie Kingston's mental health struggles and him having like a flashback to being in Rikers or something like that and and they Tim Gun it. All right, folks, if you want to get your call in before Dynamite, what do you think about the show? What do you think about the matches? Who do you think is gonna win? Please hit us up right now. If you want to ask Sean anything, if you want to ask me anything, anything at all, we can talk about Batman. One movie in the... Have you seen it yet, Sean? I, I have, and I wanted to go see it this weekend, but I couldn't because of childcare reasons. And, um, I'm not really interested in superhero stuff at all anymore, but Batman was always my guy. I was 12. Was I 12? No, shit, I was 11 when the first Tim Burton Batman movie came out. So that hit me like 
a very, very formative stage in my life. And so, like, I've always enjoyed Batman. It's one of the only superheroes that I kind of like as an idea um, or as a concept, like, outside of, like, well, who's running it, who's drawing it, or who's directing it, you know? Or a movie or comic. Um, but Batman, I'm like, oh, it's Batman? Okay, I'll check it out, you know? So... I'm intrigued, I guess. It's hard. Like, I feel like I would love to find someone who I disagree with all the time so that I can be like, oh, they like that? Then I, uh, uh, then I know I won't. Um, but I don't have that with superhero movies. I like I, I can't I very stressful. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I don't want to poison the well. Jack and I were not fans of it. I got word from Bugman. He was not a fan of it. it. It's actually funny. And maybe you'll appreciate this as a critic, but besides seeing it, you know, we all kind of think that it might be the worst Batman movie. And kind of like assuming that's true, kind of what does that say about our culture? If like our ninth bite at like this character that we all love and we all want to see could actually be like the worst one that could actually get worse over time. That's depressing, man. Cause I, I came closer to walking out on Batman begins as I've ever come to walking out on any movie. Oh, I, I yeah. Hated Batman begins. So for it to come out worse than that, like that'll take some, like I'm almost afraid. I'm a little bit frightened, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I was not a fan of Batman. I wasn't walk out, man. This one, I was kind of walk out, man. I was kind of like, <laughs> if it wasn't for the show, I would probably just leave. Like, I walked out of this Benedict Cumberbatch spy movie they came out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might have been one of my last things to see before Batman. And I just walked out because, like, I had seen the movie before. It was like a World War II, like, spy thriller. The B- Russians can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen all the shit before, so I walked out. And like I kind of I feel like at this point of my life as a movie goer, I'm I'm more okay with walking out of a movie than I ever have yeah. been before. I haven't done it that often, but in the past couple of years, I have. Well, not past couple, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, life sometimes is just too short to sit through a shitty movie, no matter how much you pay to get in. <laughs> Well, folks, we're nearing the end of our show. If you want to get a call in, feel free to do so now. Feel free to do so now. Hit us up on the phone lines if you want to talk wrestling, TV. Tell us, what's the last movie you walked out of? I think another movie I walked out of. I think, no, I didn't. I wish I had. Lake Placid. I think that's the worst movie I sat through. I didn't walk out of it. That's the worst movie I sat through. That is a pretty bad one. That, and I say that as someone who loves lake monsters and giant animals as a rule. You know, you would think that that would be right down my alley, but yeah, that was a tough one to get through. Yeah, I'm not anti-giant monsters, but like even, <laughs> what was the one, the Megalosaurus, Megalodon? The Meg, it, yeah. It would, was, it, was it Tom Jane that's in that one? No, he, I think it was Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Tom Jane's in Deep Blue Sea, right. So I well I like both of them. both of them are okay, but, <laughs> but uh, the the Alleg- Lake Placid was a really really bad one. Oof. All right, so folks, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Sorry about the technical 
mix up at the beginning but thank you so much for hanging on the line and waiting for us to start uh sean tell people where they can find you one more time uh twitter at the sean t collins patreon also is patreon.com slash the sean t collins sean t collins.com uh that's how you find everywhere that i'm writing and recording and doing other stuff well all right folks thank you so much for listening to culture enjoy dynamite peace <laughs>